classic hell His eyes rise and you're just standing here Behind your eyes there's no one anywhere Yeah Sleep on a subway city of a moment Thinking of the ones in the zone Trailing on the zone You know what the time it is. You'll know uh, what the time. It is 6.58 p.m. 6.58 p.m. Well, we're all sitting around on a Halloween night in 2022. There is so much to do. I don't know how we're going to get it all in. That's, that's what she said. But as Jeff Goldblum said in... Jurassic Park, life finds a way. We're going to find a way tonight. 658, 6.59. Man, what are we going to do on Halloween? Well, we have a bunch of things. I told you we had to do a little bit of headlines uh, because this Hammergate stuff. I think I'm the first one to call it Hammergate, by the way. But, you know, I'm too. nobody notices anything I do. So, anyway, it, 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 Hammergate... We got to talk about this just a little bit because that was a it it, uh, it overlapped with a couple other things from the weekend. I want to do that tonight. Uh, a, a couple of big stories broke today too that I would love. We got to do tomorrow, but a little bit of a preview will be able to be uh, be able to get a preview of that inside of the the little list of things I have to do tonight. Uh, other than that, I I think we're gonna have a call with Robert Phoenix. Robert Phoenix is coming up. Around 7.40 p.m., a last half of the first hour, we're just going to be doing like a 15 to 20-minute astro update because some major celestial things are happening in the skies starting today, Eve of All Hallows, tomorrow's All Saints Day, and uh, and a lot of, you know that the table is being set for just a lot of bad shit. It's not good. A lot of chaos. A lot of opportunity for personal growth. Of course. But um, by and large, this is going to be one hell of a bumpy ride. So we're going to be talking about that for the last 15 to 20 minutes of the first hour. And then in the second half, we'll take some of your calls. We'll do some creepy stories from the thread that we started on QuiteFrankly.tv. But um, that's what we have. It's Monday evening. It's October 31st, 2022. I want to thank my sponsor tonight, BlueMonsterPrep.com. Go ahead. After you hear this Celeste, this, uh, this uh, astro chart update for the next few months, you might have a little bit more reason to go to BlueMonsterPrep.com. Make sure that you get some food. At least three to six months to everybody in your, in your house. Some water. Water filtration, some communications, everything for your dog, whatever it is. First aid for those of you who are novices with first aid and those who know what you're doing. There's all types of stuff there. Use promo code FRANKLY for all of your shipping taken care of. And if you have any question on where to start, if you have limited funds, you don't know what to prioritize anything, get in touch with Pat and Gina. They are fan favorites. Wonderful, wonderful people. Great business, great customer service, and they are members of this audience. First and foremost, that's how we met. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy them. 
All right. So uh, tomorrow's the first. I don't know what we're doing that night, but there's going to be a couple of stories that we're probably going to have to do in full tomorrow night. And I don't know. The rest of the week is going to be pretty chill. I made sure of it because there was a guest almost every night in October. I think there was one or two nights we had two guests. And I just wanted to chill out a little bit and get reconnected with you guys and gals at home. So that's what we'll do. Uh, first, let's jump into the grab bag. Into the grab bag we go. That's not right. The grab bag should be... That's the zoom. Perfect. And the brave. There we go. Now we're doing it. Now we're doing it. <clears throat> Here we go. All right. Brazilian president. You heard about this? Brazil had a uh, a totally, I'm, I'm sure, a totally legit election. You know, they've been in, U, they've been USA level elections. We're, we're just catching up to them. All right. What we saw in 2020, that's the norm in most places around the world. Brazilian president-elect Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, chapter two, calls for peace and unity after beating far-right rival Jair Bolsonaro in knife-edge election that split the nation after millions cast their votes. But will the Trump of the tropics concede defeat? So... Bolsonaro, the other the other uh, thorn in in the uh, the globalist side, by by you know, it, uh, com comparatively to everybody else, yeah, um, he's gone. So they they always get their man, don't they? Moving on to this little this little side piece from the Western Journal, uh, Astros manager Dusty Baker, who I I honestly can't stand anymore. Uh, especially with all the ass-kissing that's going on television. Now, he's just amazing. I heard David Ortiz, former Red Sox, who won two uh, rings with with uh, Terry Francona because they were all taking all, all of the panelists, like Alex Rodriguez and everybody, they were taking turns kissing Dusty Baker's ass because black. That's just what it was. That's just what it was. Um, David Ortiz said... I, he's a manager. I wish I can go back and play my entire career for him. Like, what? Can you imagine being Terry Francona? Like, we won two World Series together. What the hell are you talking about? Yes, but this is, you know, you know, uh, civil rights in, in uh, shit. All that. So that's, uh, that's what's going on here. Anyway, he's ashamed of the game, apparently, Dusty Baker is, with his decades and decades and decades of, uh, of working inside of baseball as a player and as a coach. Ashamed of the game. Houston Astros manager Dusty Baker said he's ashamed after hearing that there are no American-born black players competing in the World Series. Why? Because they've been barred from playing? Although MLB reported in April that 38% of players came from a diverse background. Oh. There are no U.S.-born black players in the World Series for the first time since 1950. So, Dusty Baker, uh, first of all, should uh, quit because he's working for a racist organization, the Houston Astros, who, who, who has given him no U.S.-born black players to coach. That's number one. That's number one. Baker was disheartened. He said, nah, don't tell me that. That's terrible for the state of the game. Wow, terrible. Honestly, I don't know anybody who was counting. 
I don't know anybody who is counting except these these uh, these freaks. Quote me. I'm ashamed of the game. I'm ashamed of the game, says the guy who is who is managing a baseball team in the World Series. Baker says he hopes the situation will resolve itself in the coming years. Yeah, well, you know, the, the more black children are become interested in baseball uh, to any degree, any comparative degree that they are interested in football and basketball, I'm sure you'll see a lot more uh, black athletes coming up through the system. W- what else is there to say? There is nothing stopping it. And to be honest, it's a lot cheaper to play baseball than it is football. A lot less equipment. So it's just interest. What the hell's wrong with that? What's wrong with people just playing what they're interested in? So, all right. Moving on, moving on. This one, I don't know how much time I have to, I'm have. i going to spend on this. The Atlantic. Some of you have probably seen this. The Atlantic, which is a, or an organization of bloggers, hormonal, menopausal, bloggers they got together they're the ones that did all the the world war one trump thinking that they're all losers for dying in the war that whole thing they've been doing that stuff for years now they published this under uh well the author emily oster i I have a feeling that we read something else from little old emily over here the headline is let's declare pandemic amnesty We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. No, no, Emily. No, little Emily. There was plenty of people out there trying to pull the chain and turn on the lights. Plenty of people trying to turn on the lights. And people like you, I'd have to imagine, working for the Atlantic, smacked them on the back of the hands and kicked them out of the house. Into the night. But even in the nighttime... You can see where you're going. More light outside in the night than inside of all these uh, pandemic peddlers' houses. Listen to a little bit of this. In April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I had made myself. Well, you're stupid. Uh, we, that means that you didn't pay attention in third grade uh, bio. We had a family hand signal which the person in the front would use if someone was approaching on the trail that we needed to put on our masks. You're dumb. You're all very stupid. This is a, a, she's giving us a glimpse into an insanely moronic family. Once when another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing. I would have looked, I would have said you, I would have looked at the kid and I would have looked at the mom. And I would have, you, you, ugh. These precautions were totally misguided, yes. In April 2020, no one got coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. We know. You didn't listen. We also, we also uh, were the ones saying, because of course the WHO said it first, that it is extremely rare for anybody who is non-symptomatic to get anybody else sick. You remember that? In like April of 2020, the WHO came out and whoopsie, screwed up everything. Screwed up everything. Almost screwed up everything. They said, oh, no, no, we didn't mean that. In April 2020, no one got coronavirus by passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. 
Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. You're right. But the thing is, we didn't know. No, Emily. We did know. We did know. You dummy. You dumb cluck. I've been uh, I've been reflecting on this lack of knowledge thanks to a class I'm co-teaching at Brown University on COVID. So these idiots that were making cloth masks for each other and, and, and had a family hand signal to make sure everybody was six feet away from each other outside on a trail are now at Brown University teaching COVID. We need to d- declare pandemic amnesty. You suppressed therapies. You promoted untested trash that people are still injecting into themselves. You oppressed children in school. You ruined families, friendships, jobs, businesses. You are my fucking forever enemy. You are my enemy forever, Emily. And everybody you know, everybody you know and associate with, you are all my enemy forever. I have no forgiveness in my heart. I never will. No forgiveness. Fucking enemy forever. I don't even want to read the rest of this moronic trash, Emily Oster. You, you nincompoop. All right. Well. This political party is led by AI entity. Did you hear about this one? Well, the same kind of singularity that we're building towards over here at home. The Synthetic Party is a new political group in Denmark that is committed to following the platform thought up by an AI entity known as Leader Lars. His name is Leader Lars. Leader Lars. Uh, Out of all the political parties eyeing a seal in the Danish parliament this year, the Synthetic Party has to be the most intriguing by far. Founded in May by artist collective computer Lars and a nonprofit art and tech uh, organization Mind Future Foundation, the new political party is dedicated to following the policies of an AI programmed on the policies of all Danish fringe parties since the 1970s that have never obtained a seat in the parliament. Fringe parties, you say? Hmm. Apart from promoting the presence of AI in politics, the Synthetic Party also aims to become uh, an alternative to for the 20% of Danish population that never votes in elections. We are representing the data of all fringe parties. I hope they go into what it is. Some of the policies that the Synthetic Party has proposed so far include establishing a universal basic income of 100,000. No, no. Even the uh, even the uh, AI are are mindless socialist assholes. Nope, no future there. But then again, I guess we could have thirteen thousand seven hundred dollars per month, USD. That's what it would have equated to, and the creation of a jointly owned internet and IT sector in the government that is on par with other public institutions. Oh, you mean like 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 Dragonfly in China? Are these things good? Are they bad? Well, it's an AI, so it doesn't judge things the way that we do. Right. 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 It doesn't value human life. It doesn't value human ambition and freedom. It doesn't value family. It doesn't value anything. It's all numbers and nothing else. That's all we have for the opening. When we come back, I needed a little bit extra time because we're going into this uh, Hammergate stuff. 
Forget Watergate. It's Pelosi's silver hammer. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Share the show far and wide, whether you're watching live or on demand. Get people over here. What have I done? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! Yeah, no, I, I, and I, I checked out the, uh, the Discord. Um, I always have the Discord up over here as long uh, as well as a few other uh, chat rooms. All I, there's chat rooms all over the place. You have no clue what kind of a system I've had to make visually for myself over here with these three monitors. I actually need four monitors if I was going to really get comfortable, but I don't have enough desk space. Um, Emily Oster, the, the 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 writer there. I did look into some of her stuff there too. There were some there was some uh, criticism she had of how school was being was being uh, how uh, schooling was being approached and how that could be damaging and all that stuff. Um, the whole idea of amnesty for you know all the things we said and did. That is not something that is my ire is directly reserved for this Emily Oster woman. Um, but um, but you're talking about people who don't question nothing at all. Now, none of us knew whether or not the uh, what we saw on closed caption television in China was going to come here and start wiping everybody out. I was most uh, I was like, okay, East Coast or West Coast, wherever this thing comes through, if this is real, then there is going to be tens of thousands dead in San Francisco, in New York, where the, the homeless are just stacked on top of each other, like pancakes. Um, but that didn't happen. So whereas I was curious as to what was going to, <clears throat> what was going to play out, this whole idea that ban bandanas over our faces and all this other stuff, it, it was incredible. It was incredibly stupid. And to watch people going along with it and realizing that it was such a critical mass of people that uh, if you wanted to go about your day with a minimum amount of stress, then you've got to appease a mindless crowd. For the people who went along with that and took that on as religion, and for those who gave that religion to them, it is, it is forever war in my heart against them. And uh, I don't want anybody going back and saying, well, we have to reassess. We didn't know. Shut up, Emily. No. No. All you needed was a little bit of balls and a little bit of common sense. And uh, and a lot of lives could have been saved. 
okay? Because it wasn't the misinformation that people think that caused uh, hundreds of thousands to die. Anyway, anyway, let's go on over to what we have now. I have a couple of, uh, the freakouts from over the weekend were pretty interesting. I saw this, for example, all the stuff that's been coming out, people saying they're leaving, I guess a couple of celebrities already left Twitter. Nobody I know. I just, I read about these things and I have a nice little chuckle because the Elon Musk takeover. But then you have people like this, a political commentator, uh, a delegate for Joe Biden, a Princeton alumni. Her name is Lindy Lee. Listen to this. Listen to this crap. I love this. Elon Musk just fired Vijaya Gade, who suspended Trump permanently. Oh, she was a national hero, was she? He fired Twitter CEO, CFO, and head of legal policy, trust and safety. Don't leave. It's exactly what right-wing nut jobs want. Do you understand that Elon Musk, like, he, he was married, wasn't he married to a commie? A straight-up commie? Didn't he have his last couple of children with a commie? He doesn't care about communists. He is actually has a very globalist view on things. Uh, and in a business sense, he's been decently libertarian, especially if you go back farther before he started taking NASA and U.S. government money. But he's, I mean, he's a, he's a government partner. So anyway, don't leave. It's exactly what the right-wing nut jobs want. No, actually, nobody wants you to leave. It, it, it would be much better if you stayed. What, what right-wing nut jobs have always wanted is a place where everybody can actually say what they're thinking and not just one side. So please, by all means, stay. But just know that you're going to have to defend your arguments based on the merits of those arguments and everything that goes along with it. Um, if you, you can't do that, then I mean, that's it. you can't cry, cry foul, can't fr- cry bigot and racist just because your ideas are shit. So don't go anywhere. But listen to this last line. Don't leave. It's exactly what the right-wing nutjobs want. Don't cede this place to them without a fight. This is our oh, this is our effing town square too. <laughs> Don't cede. It's like they, they feel like like they're in a trench somewhere in France in 1915. I saw one of these lunatics actually invoke the spirit of Ukraine for this fight. Don't leave. Come on. Fight like it's Ukraine. It, it's, I, I love them. I really, in, in all of their craziness, as long as they had absolutely no, no way of affecting my life, I, I would really enjoy their presence. As one would when you go to a circus and you pay $5 to go see the freak show. 100%. Don't seed. Don't seed. Stay in the trenches. Ridiculous. Anyway, here's a little something more on Morning Joe. This was on MSNBC not too long. I think this morning. Uh, they are Ben Collins. They brought Ben Collins in. He's one of the idiots who so tone deaf and going on Twitter when they heard that Elon Musk was it was actually going to go through. And uh, in so many words, he put out a thread there that uh, pretty much said, it, uh, "If we are not able to control." information like we have been able to if our views are not promoted to the top and others are suppressed and deleted altogether banished altogether then this is the end of democracy this is the end of their democracy of course uh anyway ben collins is on morning joe and he um 
He's just doing a lot more crying. Listen to this. This is about Hammergate. On Pizzagate, Cabal-style stuff. The idea that the world is secretly run by this new world order, uh, and it is trying to censor you. It's trying to prevent the world from seeing what's really going on. And that Nancy Pelosi and people like that, those people uh, in the QAnon spaces right now, those people are at the top of that sphere. They are at the top of that pecking order when it comes to how people believe in conspiracy theories. And I, I do want to stress this. Um, Right now, trending on Twitter mm-hmm. is the lie about this guy. I guess the lie is that uh, that Paul Pelosi was in, was was having a gay liaison. I guess that that's the lie. It's the lie that it's trending. It's trending on Twitter as we speak uh, because Elon Musk pushed it uh, on Saturday. Or stop you- smacking your lips, Ben. Stop with the smacking. Yesterday, sorry. Uh, I just want to make it clear how they got to this place. So, again, uh, I, first of all, lies on the Internet move faster than the truth. And that's in part why there are all these safeguards that Elon Musk is trying to take down on Twitter. Oh, OK, I, well, I wonder what splish splash mouth over here had to say about Russiagate throughout the whole thing. That whole that whole lie, that three and a half year lie. I wonder what he had to say about that or the necessity for lockdowns. Or, or the safety of the shots, or Hunter Biden's laptop. I wonder what Splish Splash Mouth had to say about all that. Right now. Um, the lies that were pushed were from bad pieces of information they found. For example, they said that uh, Paul Pelosi was uh, in his underwear. Of course he was, 2.30 in the morning at the time he was attacked. I don't sleep in, I don't sleep in my underwear. Very rarely do I do. Um, so, you know, all in the wintertime, though. Actually, yeah, in the wintertime, though. Other times, yeah, but not only my underwear, like usually a T-shirt. I- I'm thinking of Paul Pelosi walking around just tidy whities That led them to believe this was a lover's quarrel between two different people that knew each other. The reason they believed they knew each other is because the police put out a statement saying that they didn't really know who opened the door, so they, that led them to believe there was a third person in the house. Mm-hmm. So from there, there was... The- um, there was a third person in the house, they say. This, I mean, we're going to go into this. We we have to go into this more. It's just it's incredible. This world building on the pro-Trump internet. What could be the opposite of reality here? And the opposite of reality they came up with was these two people were having a lover's quarrel in a house, and the police sort of intruded on us. Yeah, no, no, not intruded, not intruded. He didn't intrude. He he called it up. He he called the police on his friend. Fundamentally incorrect. It was pushed by the richest man in the world. And then yesterday, it was pushed by Donald Trump Jr., who posted a picture of underwear and a hammer and said it's a Halloween costume for Paul Pelosi. Yeah, and, and, and Keith Olbermann and every old lesbian like him it was out there immediately on their stupid podcast saying that this was uh, January 6th Insurrection Part 3. You know what's on display in this little scene on MSNBC once again, yet again? We have got this situation. They have become so used to their ideological whims being the standard for American discourse that now they think that anything that is moderately sane is an attack. Anything, anything, even if it's a a disagreement, even if it is ridiculous, who cares? Get over it. Now, I remember saying uh, a while back, most Americans who are alive today don't actually even um, know anything other than the deep state. 
that you you find your way to certain realizations especially if you study the founding of our country the philosophy that founded it and you the, the constitutional conventions the the wars everything you you read the constitution you see where we are now you realize this was all done illegally how did we get here who are the people involved who were the special interest groups involved the uh, you know it, it, how did they circumvent every clause every amendment how are we here? Now, most people don't get on that path because nobody is taught American history from the beginning anymore. They're taught slavery. They're taught, I don't know, Karl Marx. And, and it's just over. That's it. That is all. So many of you have gotten here on your own recon- reconnaissance. You have gotten here um, on your own efforts. All your own recon efforts. That's what you've done. You, your curiosity has led you here, uh, pieced together by really great times in your life where there, maybe there was better information available. Anyway, that's where we are right now. The norm is the deep state. We don't know anything other than post-constitutional government, CIA, PSYOP media since the 1950s, globalism being spoon-fed to everybody in every school since they were in diapers, and, and, of course, globalism and ridiculousness in every movie theater. So people don't really have a way to make any or, like, contrast or compare anything. That's really what it is. If we don't cut this out right now, not just the normalization of violence, but the idea that reality can't even exist anymore because it cannot catch up to the lies on the Internet. <laughs> I'm not a scholar on authoritarian history. I've read it. Really? You're in the middle of it. You're a water carrier for authoritarians, you dumb baby rat, you. Hannah Arendt, I've read all these people. Mm -hmm. This is how it gets really bad. This is the start of something that gets really, really bad. Good. I can't wait for the bad. I can't wait for it to get really, really bad. Like, you have no clue, Mika. This is going to get... Bad, like really, really bad. Wait, just wait. The bad is coming. We're laughing at you, you freaks. That's the best part for me about this past weekend. We're laughing at these people. They can't get their stories straight. They're trying to politicize what is at very least, at the very least, this is a mentally ill commie an illegal immigrant from Canada who overstayed his visa. Yeah, very MAGA. Very MAGA. A mentally ill commie who gained entry to a Democrat Party leader's house and tried to assault somebody. Has, I, I, I don't, but that, that, at the, that is the very least it could be if we sterilize this of all of its anomalies. That's the very least it could be. Uh, so they're upset that people are asking questions. Because everybody on his side, the bad, these are the people against the bad. They've been politicizing this from the, for the moment that it made headlines to build like a protective wall around the whole thing. So from the moment that the headline made it to the public, they were intentionally mischaracterizing what happened because no one believes anything about their story anymore. They're calling foul. Uh, essentially now they're calling foul on us for assuming that this could possibly be something very different than what they're saying 
because other than that, we're all just making jokes. It was a weekend of memes and having fun at, at the expense of what is so ridiculous here. You say, okay, well, somebody got hurt in the process. I, I, yeah, but, the, you know, there's not... The, the, again, you're not telling us the truth. How did this guy get into this house? Especially with the, the profile of the family. How did it happen? None of that has been answered. The cover fire is incredible for a simple break-in, is it not? I mean, they put as much effort into steering this story as they did to downplay the attempted assassination of Brett Kavanaugh early, earlier this year. It's just, it's just incredible when it, when it comes down to you know, looking at it from that respect. And if you don't believe this, this, this continuation of January 6th stuff, then you're QAnon. You're a Q-ster. That's not an extreme dichotomy at all. No, that's, that, that's, that's nothing. That's nothing. And he's talking about, well, there's, they believe that there's a deep state control, whatever. Here Today, later on, the same day at this Ridiculous Morning Joe segment went on, we get this from The Intercept. And we're going to be doing a lot more on this tomorrow. Here is a sm- short thread from Lee Fang. Uh, who helped put this together right here. Documents now show Facebook and Twitter closely collaborating with the Department of Homeland Security in 2020, started in 2020, with with, uh, DHS and FBI to police disinformation, plans to expand uh, censorship on topics like withdrawal from Afghanistan, origins of COVID-19, info that undermines trust in financial institutions, FBI agent Laura uh, Demlow was in communications with Facebook that led to the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020 over the false allegation that it was disinfo. Remember, they had over 50 intelligence officials, of uh, former and current, that came out to say this is all Russian when it was 100% legit. This year, she met with Twitter DHS to stress, quote, we need a media infrastructure that is held accountable. Facebook and Twitter created special portals for the government to rapidly request takedowns of content. The portals, along with the NGO partners, used to censor a wide range of content, including obvious parody accounts and content disagreeing with government pandemic policy. The emails and documents show close collaboration between DHS and private sector. Twitter's Vijaya Gade, the first that was uh, one of the first fired by Elon Musk, met monthly with DHS to discuss censorship plans. Microsoft exec uh, texted DHS platforms have got to get comfortable with government. That's what the Microsoft exec texted the DHS. So uh, Vijaya is the one who took Trump off the internet while he was still president. Who do you think gave them the green light? Who do you think gave her the green light to go ahead and do that? to censor an American president. So this is so incredible. Lee goes on to say, how does DHS justify its evolving mission from countering foreign terror groups to policing domestic disinformation on social media? Leaking planning, uh, leaking, uh, leaked planning docs show the agency argues false information is a source of radicalization and violence. False information. They're the arbiter of truth now. 
Earlier this year, DHS launched a widely panned disinfo governance board, which it later shuttered following criticism. But this na- the same agenda lives on with DHS sub-agency CISA, which argues disinfo is a threat to American critical infrastructure. Critical infrastructure. Because it's cognitive infrastructure. They're talking about your mind. How people are thinking is critical to their infrastructure of keeping power. Because if you're thinking the right way, they're still in power and everybody's docile and having a good time. If you're skeptical of their intentions for us and for what they want to do with the rest of the world, then, of course, you are a, uh, you're a weak link in the chain and something needs to be done. I love how Vijaya says over here in these text messages that they're trying, um, the feds can work with platforms to, what, what, what we say, just trying to get us in a place where feds can work with platforms to better understand the mis- and disinformation trends so relevant agencies can try to, listen to this, not only just debunk information, pre-bunk information. Pre-bunk. I guess that means that being able to mask collect massive amounts of data um, on these social media platforms, you're able to see in large swarms what real people, because there are a lot of uh, automated and artificial intelligence entities on there, but what real people are talking about and what trends in conversation uh, drift toward and, and, uh, and if people are drawing poor conclusions and if certain theories are getting proliferated around a little bit more than others then they can pre-bunk they can go out there i guess that's what happens when we get those ridiculous articles like here's why inflation is a good thing i guess that's why we get those ridiculous articles that come out right before the worst hits us in the face so i hope ben collins is taking a look at this so we'll probably be doing a lot more of this tomorrow because it's too big of a story just to get the the uh the snapshots and it makes for a fine reading companion of Time Magazine's uh, Mia Culpa that we already knew about. You remember this one? The secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. There's a lot more how-tos in here. A lot more how-tos in here where if you, if you switched out one special interest group and you replaced it with, I don't know, Proud Boys or something like that, they would go nuts. But because it's their people, because there is collusion that they are okay with, that's that. And now that the FBI is involved with this Paul Pelosi Hammergate thing, we will likely never know what actually happened. The FBI usually shows up to scrub the place of evidence or plant other evidence that could be used and discovered later on, and, um, and, then, and then to help coordinate the media reporting so that everything's at least consistent, no matter how illogical. Okay, in fact, uh, I ha- here's, a, here's a little bit more of the, the, the craziness here. That they, This is the task that they have at hand here. How do they make this consistent? How do they make sense of this? This is from my buddy, Association of Freed People, on Tumblr. He said, just to get the sanctioned narrative straight, please correct as appropriate. Number one, a psychotic nudist that was part of a pro-BLM commune walked in, un- walked in underwear from Berkeley to the ultra-rich Pacific Heights neighborhood in San Francisco. Once he entered Paul Pelosi's mansion, presumably cloaked with predator tech to avoid security cameras on the journey or approaching the residence. Uh, Three, he managed to break through the glass in some unknown manner that caused it to fall outside of the house. The hammer used uh, in the commission of the crime was already inside. 
Number four, he wrestled with Paul Pelosi while a mysterious third man watched. Paul went to the bathroom, called 911, told them that his friend named David that he didn't know was out of control or something like that. Paul leaves the bathroom during uh, uh, leaves the bathroom, returning to wrestle the nudist. Police arrive and are let into the residence by the unknown third man. Once the police enter and tell the wrestling men to stop, <laughs> uh, once <laughs> to, to tell the wrestling men to drop the hammer, the nudist is able to assault Paul Pelosi in the presence of the officers. There's no video of the incident. There's no security cameras on the Pelosi home or in the local vicinity. Furthermore, there's no body cam footage from the police. Police say they don't have a motive. But, of course, uh, people around the Internet sure do. Now, I don't have a motive. I just think this is weird as hell. And as I said on Friday, when this is very, very fresh, until further information comes out, I must assume that this was sexual in nature. I must assume this. I have to. I, and, and more on that third man. Watch Politico contradicting itself in an attempt to dismiss any reasonable questions as being dishonest. Politico. Beyond Trump Jr. and Higgins, pro-Trump commentators from Charlie Kirk to former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark Jr. also weighed in online to raise questions about the investigation based on unfounded and false claims. Among those baseless claims that a third person answered the door when police arrived in the Pelosi home, which San Francisco law enforcement said is untrue. In previous reporting, we got this. David DePape or however you say his name, forced his way into the home through a back entrance, Scott said. Officers arrived at the house, knocked on the front door, and were let inside by an unknown person. They discovered DePape and Pelosi struggling for a hammer, and after they instructed them to stop, uh, to drop the weapon, Scott said, DePape took the hammer and violently attacked Pelosi. This is their own reporting. So, I... Obviously, people are being sent in to clean up the media reporting and to get some kind of consistency here. But when things like this happen, you have to pay attention to all initial reports because that's when people who don't understand how significant an event can or may be to even even like for example the JFK assassination, when the when the hospital came out initially reported that Jack Kennedy was shot through. The uh, through the uh, the throat, he had two bullet wounds through the throat, and then of course up here, and it came coming from the front. They actually said that there was more than one shot. There was more than one shot, so the whole magic bullet thing is gone. All of that is done. Now they did, uh, of course, the assassination of American president is huge as it is, but they didn't understand the kind of conspiracy that they were starting to uh, you know pull back the shades on by reporting that it was coming from the front instead of the back, where Oswald supposedly was, and that there was more than one shot that went through him because it was just one shot that they were telling everybody elsewise. So it, this is what you do. You have to pay attention to early reporting. Now, there's a lot of chaos in early reporting. Sometimes people just get things wrong, but you have to take note of everything because obviously this is being cleaned up in big ways. Now, if I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't really think that Paul Pelosi was going to survive the weekend. I, I almost was positive that he was going to die on the surgery table or something like that because he's obviously a huge liability with the DUI and now this. 
But um, with that also said, it's um, most of these ruling class people, they have marriages of convenience. These marriages are fronts so that they can conduct business and go off and live the life they really want to be living, like the Clintons. That's a great example. That is a business partnership. It's not a marriage. But then you also have their Ed Buck proclivities. Ed Buck, you remember him? The, re- the recreational activities that people, Ed Buck, uh, w- would, would take part in out there in California, no less. That, that kind of stuff, every once in a while, can get you into a little bit too conspicuous trouble. The trouble is just a little bit too conspicuous, and that's when all the cops come in and try to make this as passable as possible, but sometimes it's just too much of a mess, you know? And that's, and that's the other thing. When I started learning more and more about this, I kept thinking about Ed Buck. It has all the hallmarks of some kind of a situation like that. He was bringing in homeless, crack-addicted, black male prostitutes, getting them high on meth, dressing them up in cowboy boots and shit, I mean, that, that's what I thought about when I heard about Paul Pelosi, when he had a, a mentally ill homeless man in his house who apparently teleported past security. So I don't need to know the whole truth to know that this is crap. Neither do you. So that's really, uh, that's really it. That's really it. Okay, so now we're going to bring on our guest, our first half guest, it's going to be great to have him on because it's Halloween after all. And this is a guy, Robert Phoenix, who I was talking with uh, not too long ago about certain windows that were opening and what kind, of a, uh, what kind of a situation we are in going into not only this leg of the holiday season, but into the new year. Robert Phoenix, how you feeling? Well, I'm great. I just got back from a workout. And uh, I'm here to bring it, Frank. Oh, I can't wait. No, this is good stuff. Welcome back to the show, first of all, and happy Halloween. Well, thank you. I have to just clear my throat here with some uh, right aid. This is my after workout. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, we don't want you caught. Well, when I heard Robert Phoenix on Clyde Lewis a few weeks ago, uh, he had a, a frog in his throat and then he kept coughing. And I'm, I'm in the shower listening to that. I'm going, oh, man, I know what that's like to have the tickle in the throat at the wrong time. Yeah, that was some voodoo, man. I'm telling you, I was, I was, I was having some, uh, some strange magic on that one. So, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's the the first of the week, but I think it's going to be a good one nonetheless. And I'm really happy to have you here. And you know, let, let's jumping in, jump into it since we are talking voodoo. Um, when we spoke not too long ago, I mean, we have, we have this apocalyptic kind of time that we're living through right now revelations all incredible revelations through with censorship uh elections of course are coming up in a couple of days uh i i think every election from now on is going to be akin to acts of war and then you have the war in the east that's getting more and more and more serious it seems to be getting timed to take the heat off of a diesel fuel collapse and financial collapse and more that uh, that we're being warned about in very subtle and not so subtle ways. Uh, it's almost like a cosmic beehive has been kicked. But last time you and I spoke, you said, well, it's interesting you're noticing this, Frank, because on October 31st, a window opens into a few months worth of chaos. What, what are we looking at here? So the term that I came up with is uh, pitchforks and torches. And Mars went retrograde in Gemini uh, late last night, today, so really the 31st. 
and it will it will be retrograde. So for people that are not familiar with astrology or astronomy for that matter, and I know there are a lot of people think think uh, well the planets are fake or whatever, right? Just just go with this here for a minute. So astronomers will agree with astrologers on on a few things, and one of the things they agree upon is that planets have a retrograde motion. They appear to move backwards in the sky. So that's actually something that shows up in an ephemeris. And so in the ephemeris and in the theoretical sky, Mars is moving backwards. It goes through a retrograde motion and will be retrograde until the 13th of January. So one of the things that I'm really big on is symbolism, uh, not just astrology, but symbolism associated with astrology. And if you look at uh, the two days, uh, October 31st, which is Halloween, and then uh, the 13th of January, which is when Mars goes direct, um, that's actually on a Friday the 13th. So you have two of the greatest horror franchises uh, in cinema basically being represented by this by this Mars transit. Yeah. So yeah. So to me, it was like I'm, you know, the the phrase that came to me was pitchforks and torches, and I think it might have been two days after that where this Extinction Rebellion group showed up at Black Rock with pitchforks. Right, and they were they were chucking rocks onto the escalator uh, to I don't know symbolically slow down that who knows, but that was it. That was confirmation, and that we're in the season of pitchforks and torches. And I, have you been following what's going on in Brazil? Apparently, they're going nuts now uh, yeah. because of the election with uh, Lula and uh, Bolsonaro. Uh, and th- so this is something I think it's not just akin to the United States. We're going to be seeing this worldwide. I mean, I think the next few months are going to be just laden with chaos. Yeah. I mean, nobody is going to be happy after the election, in which we have a lunar eclipse, by the way. That's happening uh, on the election night, which is 11-8. And nobody's going to be happy. I can tell you that right now. If there's a red wave, the left is going to be pissed. Um, if there's you know any kind of skullduggery, and it looks like there's already some skullduggery happening. Uh, whoever the losing party is is going to be pissed off, right? And this tension has not been resolved. I mean, it, that's the one thing about what's going on in our times is that we have no resolution with anything. And everything is like a program that's open on your computer. And if you have too many programs that are open on your computer, what's going to happen? Well, your computer's going to crash. Yeah. It's going to get slow. It's going to crash. So, you know, we have just no resolution, no closure. And another psychic wound on the horizon, right? People are not going to sit around and go, gee, that was a really fair election. That was really fair. We did really great this time, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We showed them. I know. But just look at all the rhetoric and everything that's been happening up to this point. So we have a lunar eclipse, a lot of feelings, right? When you get involved in the moon and the moon is in uh, uh, Scorpio, the moon is going to be in uh, uh, Taurus, right? Taurus, because it's a full moon. So we're dealing with the Taurus full moon eclipse. And, you know, with Taurus, the whole idea is things have tangibility. You know, Taurus, Taurus, and Terran, it's like the Earth, right? It's tangible. It's the elements. And so when you have an eclipse in Taurus, the tangible thing becomes less tangible. Things like, you know, ballots and marks and paper, like where did they go? What happened? Missing trail. Like, that's all part of the eclipse in Taurus. Not only that, but the west coast of the United States will get the brunt of this eclipse. And those are states that have um, been very interesting 
to watch because I actually think this is just my own personal opinion that that Trump actually carried California, probably carried Nevada. I don't know if he carried Oregon. He may have carried Washington. That's just my own personal opinion, right? So you have to keep an eye on those states because they've been um, sort of at the at the at the butts, right? At the butt of you know part of the left right paradigm. They're getting the hard they're getting the hard left butt in the left right paradigm, right? Uh, and I also think you have to watch out for power in power grids in the West Coast with with a, an eclipsed moon in Taurus. And, you know, if that happens, God help us, right? I mean, the last time we had a major power outage, you go back to 1977, the great blackout in New York City. Um, that was, you know, that was, that was life. That was actually culture changing for a different reason, but it was culture changing. So we have all these events that are taking place right now. And when you have Kanye West and you have uh, uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, oh, yes. they're out, they're out talking shit, right? Um, and, you know, people think Kanye is crazy because Kanye has displayed a le- level of, of, of crazy in the past. Uh, you know, Kyrie Irving is a little bit different. Like, Kyrie Irving has some outsider ideas. I mean, I would really like to talk to Kyrie Irving just to see what he actually really thinks. I got to play this. I got to I have to I have to play. Um, if you want, I can play a little bit of you. Saw, you have to have seen the two minutes uh, that he was he was confronted by. Uh, press after a game, after a Nets game recently. And see how, it up. Let's see, let's see it. Yeah, I, I'll play that in a sec. I, yeah, I definitely will. Uh, well, first, I had this other thing I wanted to th- run by you because I had another astrologer, uh, uh, a friend of mine who who sends me astro charts uh, every once in a while. And here's what he said. I want to hear what y- your your opinions are. He said that uh, he's not he's not too uh, hopeful. He said November eighth will be another coup, not a real election. It says in the background, uh, Langley Arms Industry Banks, coordinated with Mossad, will to- have total control of MSM, so the public is in the dark. Behind the eclipse drama is a bigger one of a rare historic planetary grid pattern parallel to 1942 to 44, which will not dissolve until later next year. The events of November will continue without interruption at least through next March, whatever those might be. Um, the most astute astrologers expect the war to intensify with politics, merely planned distractions, and kabuki theater. And um, then we have, uh, yeah, that's just pretty much psychopathic entities with tunnel vision that they're not going to, uh, they can't accept their own limitations because they're always right. So I guess that would have to be the powers that be. Um, uh, as far as the 1944-42 stuff, have you, what kind of, not necessarily that one, but have you been drawing any historical parallels to what we're going into? That uh, Absolutely. I believe it was, uh, was it 19, when did, when did Germany invade Poland? 1939. 39. Was that, 39, okay. So on September 3rd of this year, the Jupiter returned to the exact same place that it was when Germany invaded Poland in 1939. And Jupiter's in Aries, right? So, you know, we always associate Aries as the god of war. And we, we associate Hitler and the Third Reich as being, you know, the, 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 the Aryan race. So we're, we're getting Aries and spades here. And then, you know, who comes up? Kyrie Irving, what sign is he? He's in Aries. Right. And what is he talking about? He's talking about from Jews to Negroes. And then you have, you know, Gemini, Super Gemini, Kanye West in the background, um, you know, just kind of going off the rails and sometimes making sense and sometimes, 
you know, sounding like he's just incredibly deluded. Um, so the, the, the whole Hitler thing and you know, having these allusions to Kanye treating his, uh, you know, his employees like Hitler. I mean, that stuff is in the air, right? We're back in that, that Jupiter cycle of Jupiter and Aries, which, which kicked off World War II. So here we are, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to a little of what Kanye... This was after a, uh, a game. And uh, the, the, the caption that came along with this, I think I, I first saw this on Jack Posobiec's Telegram, said, uh, Masterclass on how to shut down dishonest media when they ask him about Alex Jones. Because I remember when Kyrie Irvin shared, this was weeks ago, many weeks ago, I think, uh, he shared a, uh, a clip of Alex Jones from years ago talking about a uh, New World Order and, and uh, you know, special interest overlapping and all that stuff. Anyway, let's take a listen to this. Uh, tell me if you can hear this, Robert. Kyrie, while we're on the top, You hear that? Yeah, we're good. Okay, wonderful. Topic of promotion. Why did you decide to promote something that Alex Jones said? That was a few weeks ago. I do not stand with Alex Jones' position, narrative, court case that he had with Sandy Hook or any of the kids that felt like they had to relive trauma or parents that had to relive trauma or to be dismissive to all the lives that were lost during that uh, tragic event. My, my post was a post from Alex Jones that he did in the early 90s or late 90s about secret societies in America of occults and it's true. So I wasn't identifying with anything of being a campaigning, a campaignist for Alex Jones or anything. I'm just there to post, and it's funny, and it's actually hilarious because out of all the things I posted that day, that was the one post that everyone chose to chose to see. It just goes back to the way our world is and works. I'm not here to complain about it. I just exist. And to follow up on the promotion of the movie and the book, can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? Put it out on your platform. But I'm, they're incessant. I'm promoting it. Do you see me doing, do you see By me in front of the, it out there, the people title? are going to say that you are Yeah, I put promoting. it out there just like you put things out there, right? Yeah, but I, okay. I, it's not You put stuff. things out there for a living, right? Right, but my Great. stuff Great. is so not let's move on. filled let's with anti-Semitic Let's stuff. move on. Don't dehumanize me up here. I, I'm not, I'm not doing I'm that. You're free to post I can what, post whatever I want, so say what, that and shut it down and move on to the next question. But Kyrie, you have to understand that by I don't have to understand anything from you. It's not me. Nothing. It's no people that you're making. Incredible. Good. You know, I don't have to understand anything about it. He's absolutely right. And, you know, we've been in this um, cauldron, right, since 2016. And you go back to 2016, and there was a, there was a muzzle on uh, the mouths of Americans. You know, there was the silent majority, and people were holding in their frustration and their rage and their anger and their contempt for a corrupt system and being told how to think, how to feel, who to feel for, and then Donald Trump comes along. And for better or worse, you know, Trump becomes the Vox Populi. He becomes the bully, right? He's going to say and do things that finally these people have somebody, whether it's real or not, whether Trump really feels those things and is an advocate for those things, he, he rips, the, he rips the, the tape, the duct tape off their mouths, right? And it's been really since 2016 where people have been finding their voice again. Like they're just trying to find their voice and find a way to articulate their relationship with reality. So in astrology, there is a, a, an asteroid called Chiron, and um, it was discovered in 1977. 
and it exists as part of the Kuiper belt. There's a bunch of chunks, big chunks that Saturn pulls in as um, as, as as moons, right? Saturn's all these moons. Well, they're they're part of the Kuiper belt, and all these big chunks are named after centaurs. And there are two, what they've actually been able to find that have an orbit, an actual orbit. One is Chiron, and the other is Charlico. Uh, and Chiron was the centaur that was the teacher to all the, the heroes of the uh, Iliad and the Odyssey. And he was raised by Apollo and uh, uh, Demeter. So uh, Chiron is a very interesting astrological influence. And we're with Chiron and Aries right now. So what do we have? We have Kyrie Irving, sounding a lot like Chiron Irving, uh, who's, who's an Aries. And he's saying things that are unapologetic. I mean, that's the nature of Aries. And so Chiron has also has to do with the wound. It's called the wounded healer. And so where we are right now is people are understanding that on an individual level, we have been wounded, whether it's our will, whether it's our speech, whether it's our, our ability to understand what's sovereign, right, holy, and true. Like we've been, we're, we're the walking wounded. And now people are taking risks in order to, speak their truth or in order to stand up for something that theoretically they would die for because that's what Aries is. Aries is the soldier. So we're at this point now, we're at this very interesting uh, tipping point and the decan of Aries uh, or Chiron is uh, the uh, the Leo decan. So we're going to get a lot of people that are, that are famous, that are well-known, sports figures, actors, athletes, people that have a platform. So they're going to they're going to be coming out and they're going to be risking, um, you know, a, a fair amount. Like you're crazy or you're anti-Semitic or you're racist. So this is a very very interesting time. And your your astrologer friend, you know, talking about like what's going on behind the scenes and the lockdown. Like we're in this thing now. There's there's no going back. There's you know after 2020, there's no new normal. You know we are not going to get to the end of all of this until sometime in 2030. Right, so we're in a really massive cyclotron of change. Now, when the outer planets flip, when Pluto goes into Aquarius and Uranus goes into Gemini, and then we have Saturn and Neptune going into Aries, there's there's no ground beneath our feet. Like we are really shot out into space. And uh, you know, what's there, there's the poem by Yeats, the Second Coming. You know, the center will not hold. Right. I mean, that's kind of what this is like. And we're coming up on these really major eclipses. We have. This one, we have the next one. Um, well, we have this one. We have just had the previous one in Scorpio. And next year in September, we have two. We have an eclipse in Texas. Actually, it's in October on the weekend of the 12th. Comes right up through here in Texas. It's an annular eclipse. And then in 2024 in April, the month of Aries, we have another eclipse. That's the big one. That's the total solar eclipse. That's upstate New is, York. It's the companion. comes right up from Mexico and cuts right through the center of the country. And when you look at that eclipse and then you look at the eclipse from 2017, they, they basically make a cross inside the country. And the first eclipse cut the country in half. It really divided the country. And that's when Trump, uh, so that was in August of 2017. Yep. So he was, he was, he was I mean, he'd been, he'd been around for a little bit, not very long, but that eclipse really typified in a lot of ways his presidency because America got cut right in half left right black white I mean it, it was just utterly symbolic and when we have this next eclipse coming 
in April 2024, now the country is quartered. And you think we're divided now, just, just wait. And during that period, uh, actually it's when we get into uh, 2025, when we have Neptune and Saturn and Aries, when Neptune and Saturn come together, historically, uh, we see the rise of either socialism or communism, um, the dissolving of social political structures. And that's where we're headed, right? We're headed for something really massive, uh, something that e even the best of us would have a very hard time articulating. And yet, and yet through all of this, when the smoke clears, 2030, like there's a reason why they, they, they came up with Agenda 2030, because that's when Saturn moves into Taurus. That is the first land that we have with the outer planets. Like when Pluto moves out of out of Capricorn next year, it comes back for one little brief period of time. We have Uranus and Taurus and that's it. So tw in 2030, Saturn goes into Taurus and we finally have new land, right? What does the that mean? Land, the new well, well, Saturn Saturn is the timekeeper of the Zodiac, right? You can, you can keep time by Saturn because Saturn has a definable cycle. I mean, every planet after Pluto has a definable cycle. But when we look at Saturn and the representations of Saturn through history, you know, one of the images is the Grim Reaper, right? It's a very Saturnian image. And with the Grim Reaper, it's like your time is up, right? I mean, that's, you know, the psych plays a role with the Grim Reaper. So Saturn is like the clock, you know, the clock that, that marks your evolutionary advancement through astrology. Saturn produces challenges and growth, usually through restriction and limitation. So when we have Saturn moving into Taurus, after we've been through a very volatile period, one might even say a volcanic period in a lot of ways, there's finally like the cooling of the fires. There's finally this settling down of, a, uh, of an extremely intense period, which by the way, will also be the introduction of, of new technologies that they kind of hint at, um, but they're holding back. When Uranus goes into Gemini, uh, and begins to uh, trying uh, Pluto and Aquarius. Those are outer, well, they're, they're both outer planets. They're both air signs, uh, and they both happen very quickly. They're both related to novelty, technology, and science. And so we're going to see things uh, in the next couple of years that are going to flip our wig. They're just going to flip our wig. It's like we've had this backlog with any kind of novelty and technology and invention. It's like we get the iPhone, whoopee, big deal. Like we've been sitting on the iPhone since 2007. But once these two planets move into place, things are gonna happen really rapidly. Deployment of drones, drone delivery. I mean, all the stuff that we've talked about, you've talked about, mentioned, right? Those, the uh, boss of robotics dogs, I mean, all that stuff is gonna come to life, right? We're gonna see it, we're gonna see it en masse. And there will be a huge amount of money made in robotics. That would be the big way. It would be a massive amount of money in robotics. So we're, we're going to be dealing with that. I mean, you know, these days, this time that we're in now, you should look around and remember where we are now. Because a year from now, two years from now, the world is going to be very, very different. Very different. And not all of it will be bad. I, can, I, I will tell you that not all of it will be bad. It will force some people to come together and work together closer uh, more than they have in the past. That, that's gonna be essential. That's number one. And number two, and we had this super conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn 
on the 21st of December in 2020 on the winter solstice. And we haven't had uh, a super conjunction in Jupiter and, and Saturn in Aquarius for quite a long time. And so the, the com combination of the two, Saturn is about contraction and Jupiter is about expansion. So this is a 20 year cycle and we're basically in a 20 year birth cycle between these two outer planets. And what I've come to know about Aquarius is that the best laid plans go wrong. What, what, what they set out, they, whoever the they are, we'll, we'll just use the pejorative they. We'll, we'll throw Yuval Harari and, and, uh, uh, and Schwab in as the standards for the day. You know, what they set out to do won't happen. It won't happen according to plan. This is what happens with Aquarius. When you think something is going to happen, it's going to look a certain way and it's going to go down like this. Get ready because it will invert and it will flip and it's not going to look the way people think it's going to look, right? Even the people who have all the all the, uh, um, the artificial intelligence and the game theory and the quantum computing, like even down to the nth decimal, it won't happen exactly the way they want to plan it, right? Like I was watching this video, and it's, I know this is really dumb, but I was watching this video of these guys that built a houseboat out of cardboard. Like who would build a houseboat out of cardboard? You know, it, you, you get, it's going to sink, but these guys were so dedicated and they did it. They made a houseboat out. Humans do that stuff, right? Humans who say, hey, we can't do this. Let's try it out. And they used all the little engineering skills and spent about 300 pounds on, on sealant and had a press conference and launched their little cardboard houseboat. I mean, I think these things matter, right? Because at our core, that's who we are. Mm. You know, we're inventive. We're and even with all the programming and all the chemicals and all the frequencies, they 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 can't squeeze it out of us. Like there's a part of us that is novel and inventive and rebellious. And so even when we go through all these things, right? There's going to be sparks of genius and glimmers of humanity, and that doesn't mean it's going to be heaven on earth. Trust me, we're going to go through a very difficult time, and we're coming into it right now. These next three months are going to be very intense. And what you're seeing in Brazil, what you might see here after the eclipse, uh, it, it's it, it's all it's already been in play. I think, uh, you, yeah, I, I think what you're saying. I'm I'm glad you said that because number one, I have uh, I've noticed that, and I was taking note of it personally, that people are just putting it out there now. I'm seeing yes. so many people putting it out there. They are touching th touching on things that were once verboten. They are they are willing to go the extra mile. And I think that the fact that we have been working so diligently the last five to seven years to create parallel um, economies and everything else, where you don't have to completely lose your livelihood in order to say the truth. But it's not so much financial uh, and and professional implications of being a part of something that's true and good. It's also just a matter of there is a an internal there's an internal message a beacon I feel like it is it's just it's just clicked on and everybody knows that we are in rough and very uh, very uncharted waters here and it, it, there's no time for being a squeaking mouse there's just no time I'm I'm an Aries myself and I'll tell you um, in the last things that you were saying there about all of their planning and all their plotting and all of their prodding and how uh, they can they can do whatever the hell they want and put all their systems in place, but they just can't predict 
how it's going to turn out. And there's oh, there's something about us that is wild, like wildfire, that they're never going to be able to compete with the uh, 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 100%. And, and, and I, it's funny because I was saying, out of all the cards that may be left in the deck to play, Robert, I really hope that we draw a Joker soon. I really hope yeah. we draw a Joker. Well, Kanye West is kind of a Joker, isn't he? I mean... There's a, you know the filmmaker Yodorovsky? You know that guy? Yes. He did, yeah. So there's an interesting little talk he has. I don't know if it's a TED Talk or not. But he talks about giving Kanye West a tarot reading. I think it was back in maybe, I don't know, the 2010s. And he had a lot of really nice things to say about him. He thought it was quite unusual. But he pulled three cards for Kanye. And uh, Yodorovsky actually does, uh, I think, online tarot tutorials. He's very into it. Um, he only uses the major arcana. So the first card he pulled for Kanye was the world, which is pretty auspicious. It's a very auspicious card. And then the next card he flipped over was the magician, who has all these different tools at his disposal. And then the third card he picked for Kanye was the fool, which is the joker, right? So he, in a lot of ways, is the joker. You know, he is the fool. He's acting the fool. People are, are running around saying, oh, you got to get on your mess. Now, look, I'm not saying that Kanye West is the perfect messenger. He's got a lot of deep programming and I don't know where it starts or where it ends, right? But you just go and go through his background and go through the imagery, the tours with Jay-Z, the hyper Saturn cube, the very uneasy relationship with the death of his mother. I mean, all these things begin to pop up when you really don't know what's going on deep down inside of that guy, whether he's programmed, fracked, hacked, deprogramming, I don't know, right? But he got a ball rolling. Right, he got this thing rolling, and it's going to be very interesting to see where all of this lands. Yeah, only. And and the other thing too, real quick before you kick me out of here, this is one thing. And, and um, Christopher Knowles and I talked about this, is that if you go back and look at the last uh, get together in Davos where they were talking about what were they talking about in Davos, um, there were interviews with people who were there and you know, connected to Davos, connected to the WEF. And these interviews really, re they reveal that these people are not very bright. They're really average. And they're basically programmed with a particular curriculum, whether it's climate curriculum or, uh, you know, social Marxist, uh, uh, you know, money theory curriculum, whatever that is, right? But when you really drill down and listen to these people, they're just not very bright. And they're not very competent. And that's a Davos, right? You get into like the county area, the city area, the state area and they're actually trying they're actually counting on these people to carry out an agenda good luck because a lot of these people are just they're they're not qualified yeah they're not they're not qualified they're not bright and when the pressure really hits they will split and fracture right so we're gonna bring up one more aries before we get out of here tulsi gabbard's in aries and so what have we seen with tulsi gabbard tulsi gabbard has basically she's done an end around right she's rebranded herself as a truther and a person on the right and i and i really think that that's what we have to watch out for right we have to watch out for like the sneak you know the old statue of liberty play in football right where all of a sudden all these people who look like and i'm not saying that she she is that per se but we have to be very wary because ultimately you get people to consent to things that they will agree to without hesitating. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, I like this person. Yeah, they stand for the same things that I do. That's, uh, all these incompetent people 
can't really pull it off. But it's when they redirect people and bring people in from this other place or this other direction, and people agree with them, that's when it gets easier. Yeah. That's when people can sense and say, yeah, I'm in. That's what we have to watch out for. These other people, these other jokers, literally jokers, they, they're, they're not going to be able to do what they need to do. But at the end of the day, we're going to be okay. But we're going to go through, we're, we're going to go through a time of reckoning here on this planet. I mean, we're in it now. And uh, I think the species will be okay, but there's going to be quite a few people that don't make it out of this. I agree with you. It's already happening. I mean, I mean, just just look at all the all the death that that is being reported on a daily basis. And we're not even into like the children to men scenario where people can't even reproduce. Right. We haven't even gone down that path. And I don't think that's too far off on the horizon. No. Right. So this is we're, we're this is a very intense time for humanity, but you know, for people that are young, people like yourself, um, you're, you actually have the ability, I think, to you know, get through the eye of the needle on the other side of this thing. Uh, but between now and then, it's, it's going to be intense. And I'll say one more thing really quickly. The distractions that we have had in our lives, right, whether it's football or baseball or, to some, or basketball, all those things are going to lose their resonance. Right, they will lose. Like I've been, I I don't even watch football, uh, which is an airy sport, by the way. I don't really watch football, but I pay attention to it. And I can tell you right now, football is terrible. Like it sucks, and and you're just seeing sort of the resonance out of these pastimes and these things that have distracted us for a very long time. It's just being drained out of it, right? We we don't have uh, any real cinema anymore, so we don't have cinema to distract ourselves. Sports are going to dry up. They're going to fade into sort of a, a memory of what they once used to be. So what's left? It's going to be our reality, right? We're going to be dealing with this thing around us. And trust me, it's going to be a lot more intense and interesting than any football game. Well, Robert, with people like you hanging out with us, it's definitely going to be um, interesting, uh, good conversation along the way and to keep our heads on a swivel and to look for the things that people may not be always looking out for. It's I appreciate your, your presence and your, your thoughts on this stuff. Um, uh, Robert Phoenix, is it Robert? What's the, uh, the URL again? RobertPhoenix.com? Yeah, yeah, RobertPhoenix.com. Uh, that's my astrology website. Uh, I haven't really written a lot there for a while, but it has a lot of my past articles. And if you're interested in booking a session with me or learning more about astrology, you can find out more there. And then I have a daily stream that I do uh, on my website, 15 Minutes of Flame. That's 15 minutes and then ovflame.com. So I do a stream there at 9-11 Central. Is all that linked? If they go to robertphoenix.com, though, they can eventually find their way to everything else, though? Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful, because that's what I included in on the uh, the episode description tonight. Yeah. Uh, so well, that's what we got. We got Halloween. The, the window opens. Uh, this particular window opens today, and it closes on on uh, Friday the 13th in January. So we're going to, the next three months, buckle up, and then, but you and I are going to talk a lot between now and then. So I'm happy for that, and I'll talk to you off the air. And thank you for, for, for everything here, Robert. And I hope people go check out your show. I look forward to it, Frank. Take care. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the first half. It is uh, it, it's just real quick. Then we're going to come around. We're getting back to you. We're taking your calls, and we're going into your spooky stories. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. I promise you that.
Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. But Frank! Quite frankly. How dare you? Okay, let's see what we got going on here. Welcome back to the Halloween show. We'll make it creepy soon, don't worry. Stostube, let's go to quite frankly superchat.com. Have a couple people there have left messages for me before and during the show. Stostube says happy halloween this super chat is a lovely little gift for the wonderful aurora happy halloween little one from our family to you signed the stoobs thank you guys so much she was so beautiful today uh she you know little like conversations uh i i never thought i'd be having with a two-year-old it's just incredible um ultimately i don't know uh, she wore this little pumpkin shirt today but it's it's just that you know we can't take her anywhere yet and all that stuff so next year i guess will be the big uh we'll dress her up for the first time she wears a princess dress every morning when she wakes up though because that's what she likes wearing when we dance the waltz uh to andre ryu that's right any number for anybody out there who wants to you know if you're you've got your your children and you're wondering, you're wondering what, how we spend our, our mornings. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, uh, I'll give you a look. Where, where's the, where's the blue Danube? Oh, you all, you guys all know this one. You guys all know this one. Yes. You know this one, right? 
So, a couple of maybe about a couple of weeks ago, I showed Aurora these because I I didn't want her to just you know every morning waking up and asking to watch the Ninja Turtles or something like that because I showed her that for a few weeks and she loved it. So, um, I said, okay, well, no, we're we're taking out all of the all of the uh, the orchestras and stuff. So I went to Andre Ryu, who's just all I I, I want to go to one of these shows so badly, so badly. He mainly tours in Europe, but for a time he was coming to the U.S. And uh, and when she saw this, when she saw all of the girls in the orchestra with these wonderful dresses, playing the cellos and the violins and the saxophones and all that stuff, she loved that. And she loved the dancing and the singing. So every morning and, and several times a day, she runs up to either me or Lauren now and says, uh, Daddy, Mommy, uh, pretty dresses? She wants to see the pretty dresses. So uh, that could have been her Halloween costume, but it's more like her her uh, work clothes now. That's she just wears it all the time. Anyway, Andre Ryu, you should watch all of those, all of those concerts. I hope we probably got kicked off of YouTube tonight, did we? No, we're still on somehow. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Stow Stoop. Thank you. And guess what? The quite frankly, coffee is ready. So, coffee. Oh, and something else there, too. Uh, we are going to be, because tomorrow is November. I'll make the announcement tomorrow because we're going to be doing a raffle. It's the first month where it's the first um, monthly subscriber raffle. That's another thing that everybody gets for becoming a monthly subscriber on Subscribestar or through, quite frankly, TV. Got some great stuff. I'll be giving away coffee. Mark Swan has, has offered precious metals as prizes, too. Let's talk about that. Some other time. Coffee galore. Hello Kitty says, just FYI, today, Halloween, is also known as Magic Day. Uh, that's what Woman's Day ma- magazine told me. Oh. Okay. Well, what do you know? Ah, <laughs> oh, women, huh? God, I hate them. Hello Kitty says, happy Halloween, Frank. Hammer Guy was a regular visitor at the Pelosi compound. Security knew him and let him in as per usual. Otherwise, Speaker of the House security sucks, and that is problematic. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I didn't know that he was uh, a regular, but uh, I I have to imagine. My mind's made up as to what's going on here. I don't have the facts yet, but it doesn't matter. An hour ago, Shake and Bake says, I would venture a guess that the shit rope, uh, that the shit rope is the ultimate experience of the shit hammock. Glad I uh, caught Dark to Light this morning. Did you have time to check out that internal affairs call with Seraphim? Not yet. Be seeing you, Lord Francis. Not yet, but I have it bookmarked. And three hours ago, when we were not on air yet, which you can do that, quite frankly, uh, superchat.com. Shotzi says, a while back, my son recommended your show to me. Thanks to him, I watch every night and have become a sponsor. My, uh, Mike celebrates his 39th birthday today. Would you please wish him a happy Halloween birthday? Thanks, Frank. You're the best. Mike, happy birthday. I'll be turning 38, I think, in April. And so, we're, you know, we're like, uh, we'd be going to the same high school at the same time, pretty much. But thank you. Thank you, Mike, for everything. Thank you for uh, sending your, your parents over and hopefully your friends. I hope you're still watching and you're having a good time. 
But cheers to you, man. Cheers to you. What is your drink of choice on a night like tonight? Email the show. I want to know all about it. All right. Over on uh, Rockfin, we have a nice group, a couple of a few dozen people hanging out there. Thank you so much for chilling with me. We have wonderful crowd gathered on on Rumble. Buckpasser says the media hasn't brought up Marco Rubio's campaign volunteer almost getting killed. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they barely want to talk about Lee Zeldin. That's for certain. So many others. So many others. Sean Joe, this is on Foxhole, which Foxhole is about to roll out their new subscription option. You know how you can subscribe monthly like they do on DLive? Well, Foxhole's about to roll that out, so another option for people. Let's see. Sean Joe, thank you so much. Bacon Slut. Says, finally get to catch a show. Been a while. Yeah, well, we have... I have never seen Bacon Slut in the chat room. That is definitely new. I'll remember that. Witchy Poo 22, Cookie Fight, and now here comes Sean Joe and Witchy Poo and Jay Brewskies and uh, Gambera. They're all throwing cookies at each other. It's incredible. Someone throw me something to drink. These cookies are drying my mouth up, says Witchy. Boys Blanc joins the fight. This is getting ridiculous. You're the best, Frank, so enjoy, says Witchy. I I enjoy it all. Thank you guys very much. Secret Weapon says, thank you, Frank. Thank you. Boys Blancs, Jay Brewskis, all all of them, they're they're making us very happy tonight over on Foxhole. When this show ends in a half hour, Foxhole, quite frankly, TV, our Halloween programming continues. I requested tonight as part of our movies and whatever the hell else Abe and Cody and and Josh have ready for the Monday night Halloween specials, I requested at least Evil Dead 1 and Army of Darkness. I don't know if they're going to go Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and then Army of Darkness. We don't really need all three. We at least need Army of Darkness and one of the Evil Deads. But uh, who knows what else they got going on. That'll probably be going all throughout the night. So you can just project it onto your your smart TV and grab yourself a refreshment and just fall asleep on the couch having a good time. Though it is Monday. You know, Halloween is so much more of a... F- that, 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 that needs to be a Friday night thing every year. But you can't, de- you can't decide. Some things you just can't decide. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get into some things that we have here. First thing up, before we go to your creepy stories, I found this article. It's from Study Finds, so you know it's good. Study Finds, best horror films, top five scary movies all time, according to experts. And I grabbed it because number one is The Exorcist, which I believe it would be number one for a lot of people. Why? Because mainly, it's scary as hell because it's true. Oh, shit! It's... (laughs) Oh, sorry. Sorry, it's scary because it's true, of course. Then you have Halloween. It says Halloween 1978. I love that movie. I watched it so many times, though, that it's it's not too scary for me anymore. I can actually connect. It's actually almost more cozy than anything. Paranormal Activity from 2007 is number three. This is where I, I it jumps the shark for me. No, absolutely not. No, at Paranormal Activity 2, no way. It beats The Shining. The Shining at number four is beaten out by Paranormal Activity in 2007. 
No. The Shining is not getting beat out by Paranormal Activity. Number five is It Follows. I don't even know what the hell this is. But it overtook Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Evil Dead. You know what's scarier? What what I believe, what is really terrifying, it always terrified me. And it's not a horror film. I think it's like a drama kind of a thriller. I think it's a drama psychological th- how would you uh how would you categorize the movie ghost with demi moore and patrick swayze just a drama because there's there's definitely suspense in it willie lopez's death scene in ghost is terrifying terrifying and it terrified me as a child it's it's still pretty terrifying to me now and um, and on, on the other hand, it's one of those scenes in, in movies that I go to in my head whenever I, I see a Hillary Clinton type, whenever I see people who, who, who should face justice for one thing or many others and just don't, and just don't. And I, uh, I say, well, if there's not going to be justice here, then... Boy, do I pray there's justice somewhere else. And uh, the Willie Lopez death scene. That's that's something else. Um, but yes, let's get into it. Let's get into our, our strangeness of the night. Because this is all from you, ladies and gentlemen, coming into the show through the forum. Now, we have some more strangeness in the woods that I can get to. But I don't want to uh, waste time that I could be giving to spooky stories because there's always other places I can find strangers in the woods, Friday nights, things like that. This is a night for spooky stories. Are you ready? This is right from you. I, I asked on the forum, tell me stories of true hauntings. This is our spooky stories thread for October, 2022. True hauntings, mysterious visitors, strange apparitions at home, on the road, on a ship at sea, Anything that continues to freak you out whenever you think about it. Okay? So let's do it. There was an alien dream. This is from T.F. Arch Montana. I was 17 years old living in Montana. It was a warm July-August night, and I just got back from an all-day water skiing extravaganza on Flathead Lake. I was beat. I went to bed tired and needing some good sleep for uh, work the next day. During my sleep, I had a crazy, what I believe to be, dream. I dreamt an alien craft was hovering above my front yard. The light was so bright, it uh, seemed as though it burned through my window shades if it wasn't even there. As I tried to see more clearly out the window, I could see a large light craft above the lawn hovering. What? <laughs> what the hell is it? What is the French? You have any baguettes? A- Anthony, hold on. Anthony, Anthony just came in to say happy Halloween. Wait a second. You gotta Aunt, sit down. Here, there he is. Happy Halloween, Aunt. Happy Halloween. So, what, so when did this getup get put together? I, I mean, it's it's just the getup that I had in, in the uh, in the back. You look French. <laughs> You look rather French tonight. <laughs> it's just 
It's so stupid. I had I had this a while ago. I got this last year, the shirt and the hat, because um, I was gonna wear it in my Metallica Master of Puppets and Fifty Styles video, but the shirt and the hat didn't come on time. Okay. So, but, but why would it have been? Did you do a a, a French style in, in Master just, Puppets? It's just simply just French. And I, I held up a piece, a big thing of bread. Okay, that's what I was asking. So you had your baguette. Yeah. So I mean, I just. Hold on a second. I, I want to find that. Hold on. Hold on. Put it on. Uh, Vincent, Master of Puppets. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Come on. Did you go? Did Did Aurora go trick or treating today? Or no. No, she went to uh, she went to her her cousin's football game, but it's just we just didn't know where the hell to go and whatever. Uh, this is the one, Fifty Styles, right? Yeah. Okay. What what style was it? You think? Um, by it's, neural it's DNA. middle to the end, the part that's like. Okay. Oh, there it is. Okay, hold on. So you go back to Metallica. <laughs> French. Just so stupid. That's it. And then reggaeton. All good for you. Right after uh, that. that. That was that was great because everybody like uh, um, my editor used um, the Jamaican flag to uh, he used the Jamaican flag to label reggaeton and people were going nuts. About that, well, they were upset. Uh, yeah, there were some people who were like, you know, oh, that's not, the, that's not what reggaeton's from. <laughs> See, well, you can't, you can't, you can't please know, anybody. Listen, I don't know anything about the genre anyway. It's just like you should do. A, you have to do a new French style now that you have the whole get up. I know. You have the beret and everything. I know. We got to go to Europe before it's gone. <laughs> before it's gone completely, we have to go to Europe. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. See. See, everybody's getting festive tonight. Everybody's festive here at the studio. You know, uh, Pyretta, the cat, everybody knows Pyretta. Uh, Mike, every once in a while, he would take this, you know, he would take strips of, of paper towel and he would tie it loosely around her neck so it looked like a scarf. And, um, and th that was one, one Halloween or whatever it was. We put the, the, the paper towel around her neck and loosely loosely just cross-tied it so it just looks like a scarf and she looked all whatever um and mike called her that's the her french whore costume and then it started becoming a punishment for some reason because and it's funny because pyretta is such a good cat there's no reason that she would ever be punished she's just not mischievous or anything like that so um it's just funny that mike would just put the scarf around her neck it's as a punishment and call her a french whore and she didn't do anything she loved it. Good. Th those are good memories. Maybe Mike will do that soon, so I can show you what it looks like on Pyretta. Is she in here? She might not be. All right. Now that we have three seconds left of this whole show, the alien dream. Suddenly, I wa it was as though I hadn't. I wasn't in control of my body and any longer. And I opened the window and crawled out and headed toward the figure. So there was a figure outside of the craft now. 
Um, I couldn't stop. I tried. My heart raced terribly. I just couldn't stop. I remember nothing more of the dream. I was awoken that morning in my sleep uh, in my sleeping shorts, asleep on the lawn. The next morning, by my dad, they oh, you were found on the lawn. He was pissed. He thought I had snuck out again and got trashed and passed out on the lawn. I didn't even try and explain my dream to him. I'll never forget that dream. It was pretty. I was pretty freaked out for quite some time. I just equated it to sleepwalking, though I never had done that before. I just wished I would have been awake during my first anal probe. Ha ha. I would not have wanted to be awake during that. Does that excite you? Man, I... Maybe. There's something buried there. Gail. Gail Georgie says, 20 plus years ago, when my oldest daughter was at a boarding school in Corsica, France, French, she had a strange experience when her roommate, uh, her roommates were playing with a makeshift Ouija board using a glass to put their hands on. Oh, no. They asked, if, uh, they asked her if she would want to join in when she was present, and uh, a question was asked that there was no answer to. She would leave the room, and an answer would be given. At one point, she could feel that the board, the spirit, was angry with her being in the room, and the glass went flying. She remembers going to bed and being terrified because the bed was moving, like, way too much, like a swinging in a hammock. She spent the rest of the night in the hallway. The story, the memory still haunts her. She still has, she has since had many supernatural experiences. Thanks for listening from a big fan, Gail. Wow. Well, jeez, Louise. That it follows you all throughout life. This one's from Krista Celine. Let's go on, Krista. On the night of my mother's 21st birthday, she was awakened by the sound of army soldiers marching and taps being played. An angelic woman appeared before her bedside and told her, do not be afraid, everything will be fine. The next day, she received delayed word that my father, her then boyfriend, had been gravely injured, stepping on a landmine while deployed in Vietnam. While he nearly died and spent years in the hospital recuperating from his life-altering injuries, he survived and they remain together to this day. Wonderful story. Wow, I didn't... That's almost like the... Um, that, uh, my family has a similar story from World War II. Um, my father's father. Similar story. His father called out to him in the middle of a, in the middle of a war zone. And... Um, and then he got word that his father had died back home. I'll get the story. It's all written down. Incredible. Let's see here. Trabeg says, One night my wife went to play drinking bingo with some girlfriends. Uh-oh. I was alone in the kitchen, which is on the other side of the house from the living room. I had a couple of drinks but not drunk. I hear my wife shout something but not in an angry or scared tone. Not remembering she was gone... I figured she was shouting the answer to the Wheel of Fortune, which we watch regularly. I walk in the living room and she realized, and, and I walk into the real uh, living room and realized that my wife was not home. Laughingly, I thought maybe she got a bingo. So I was going to text her to ask, but I didn't because I didn't want to interrupt her girl's night out. About 10 seconds later, I get a text from her saying that she got a bingo on the first round. It blew my mind. Wow, though that's a little bit more like a psychic link. A little bit more psychic link that's still spooky. 
Here's one. My wife and I used to walk a 20-acre cemetery near the house for exercise. We spent the morning picking up trash and checking out headstones. Sometimes I would I would non-obtrusively record our conversation from my shirt pocket and later scan it for EVPs, electronic voice phenomena. One day while we were wandering around, I lost my car key. Figuring it was gone forever, we left with the wife's spare. Listening to the recordings that night, an EVP comes through saying, return the key. The next day, we headed back to the cemetery, drove to the area the voice was, uh, was collected in, and in less than a minute, found the key in the grass where I had dropped it. This is from Kristen, Happy Texan. When I was seven years old, I saw a ghost kneeling at the end of the bed, smoothing out the covers at our feet, my sister and I. He looked solid. I was terrified, but very confused over his unusual appearance for a man. As I grew up, I realized his blonde hair was a page boy style and his fancy clothes were likely from the medieval or Renaissance era. I remember a burgundy colored vest and jerkin with uh, poofed out vertical stitches, uh, stitching lines. It looked like a velvet material. Suddenly he stopped smoothing the covers, looked up to find me watching him and froze completely. His eyes terrified me because they glowed a bright white light. I didn't even see pupils. It was like seeing bright white light encased inside of fog. I was too afraid to scream for help, so I tried waking my sister so that she would scream for me. I tried pinching her hand just enough to wake her, but not actually hurt her. Unfortunately, she never woke up, so all I could do was pull the covers over my head very slowly. I stayed like that for probably hours, terrified that he was going to walk to my side of the bed. When I finally found the courage to move the covers off my head, he was gone. Over the years, I've had a lot of dreams about him and think I've heard his voice with my own ears and on EVP. Wow. Stay under the covers for hours. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. Because would he... What would they... I don't know. I have to, Do I even bother loading my shotgun? I don't even... Do I even bother? This thing is obviously not... Not going to be affected by the shells. I'll just put a hole in the wall. That's it. Cliche caller. Says, I heard this on a podcast, so it must be true. A bo- well, okay. So it's not your story? Okay, I'll have to go to this. I'll, I'll go to this later on then. I'll go to this one later on. Here we go. Tristan in Maine says, I've been meaning to post this for a while now, but haven't found the time. This one happened many winters ago when I was pretty young, maybe 12 years or so. We lived in a double wide at the time in a co-op mobile home park in rural New Hampshire. The, the mobile home had those high up uh, half windows that opened horizontally, two thirds of the way up the wall and probably seven feet off the ground from the outside. I had a bunk bed for sleepovers and always slept in the top bunk right next to one of these windows. The window had a good view of the front yard out to the road and there was an old apple tree just outside the window that never produced great tasting fruit. Uh, There was always an old TV antenna frame right beside the window that I often used to climb in and go through the window. Uh, Often an old TV antenna frame beside the window that I often used to climb in. Okay. And out of the window. Anyway, I'd lie in bed looking out 
Looking out the window most of the nights before falling asleep, I guess even at that age I found it peaceful. I remember waking up one night with a weird feeling, a sort of compulsion to look out the window. I don't know what time it was, but it was a bright moonlit night. The apple tree was bare and there was a heavy frost on the grass in the front yard, so it must have been sometime in the middle of late fall. I even remember the sound of the oil heat kicking on and feeling the cold seeping in. As I was looking out the window, trying to figure out why I woke up and why I felt such a compulsion to look out the window in the middle of the night, I noticed movement. There was a distinct figure walking across the front yard toward me from the road. Still groggy and half asleep, what I was seeing didn't really register right away. I, started at the f I stared at the figure for a moment, sort of dumbstruck. It was a dark silhouette of what appeared to be a tall, thin man wearing a cloak and large hat at the time. I thought one of those 10-gallon cowboy hats. I realized the figure was almost completely across the yard, making a beeline right from my window. That's when the panic set in. I didn't know what to do, if I was imagining it or if I was still dreaming. Like any chicken shit boy my age, I immediately pulled my blankets up over my head and closed my eyes. I'm surprised I didn't piss myself looking back on this. Next thing I know, my alarm clock was going off. It was morning. I realized I must have fallen asleep, and it was freezing cold in my room. I uh, turned to look out the window, and it was wide open. Still freaks me out thinking about it nearly 30 years later. Dark, slim man in a cape and a hat. Heard a lot. I hear a lot about dark, slim men in top hats. Okay, what else do we have here? What else we have? We have a really quick break. Don't go anywhere. QFTV. Missy gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after Quite Frankly. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Here's one from Cheryl, back over here on the show. Hello, I had to write in after hearing about the girl who had a ghost take a dump on her bed. You remember that? 
Pooping Ghost? This particular experience, I've had many, involved pee. MSNBC just got very excited. I was around 16 years old and really did not want to go to school the next day. I went to bed and was woken up by something. I saw a translucent Native American man standing at the foot of my bed. He stared at me, nodded his head, and walked off. I, of course, hid under the covers, holding down all sides because that is the best way to protect yourself from harm. Anyway, I woke up to get ready for school the next day, and every pair of jeans was damp with urine. Perfectly folded, not soaked, just damp. The dresser had five or six drawers. Jeans were one uh, from the top. Uh, no living male in the house could reach that high, and if it were a living person, wouldn't you think that they would be wetter? It was weird. I didn't have to. I didn't have to go to school. I got grounded. Mom thought I did something and didn't buy the peeing Indian story. Wow, that's from Cheryl. She had an Indian ghost pee all over her jeans, and she got off from school for it. Though she was grounded because not many mothers out there will believe their child when they say the ghost of an Indian pissed all over my stuff. I have no good clothes to wear. I, I believe her. Why, shouldn't, why should I disbelieve her? Here we go. Here we go from Kumagoo says spooky magical or maybe just spirited. I had a very close friend pass last month two days after she was gone a bunch of us including her kids and close family met up to light off a bunch of paper lanterns in the sky in remembrance that night about seven seventy of us gathered and made our own constellation for her. It was an awesome sight. Well this past Saturday night and this was a this was a couple of days ago I guess. This past Saturday night, I ended the day watching a bonfire aside from my house. It had been a fantastic day and many thoughts of her throughout. Rather than throwing another log on, I grabbed some paper and cardboard from inside the house, including... Included was a paper grocery bag, of which I placed open side down on top of the fire. To a very nice surprise, the bag filled with hot air and oh so carefully lifted up off the burning logs. It moved so slowly reminding me of those lanterns last month. The entire bag was an ember of sorts, and I followed it as it sailed along. It stopped 30 feet or so from the fire pit to an area of ground where she had spent hours helping me split firewood a couple of years prior. I smiled and went giddy as I watched the paper bag fizzle out on the ground. Gave me chills even, but I think she was just saying hi. Hmm. Let's see here. Let's see here. Lily of the Valley says, My dad told me that when he was young and in the army, they gave him a bed in the barracks. Nobody wanted that bed for some reason. He found out later why. Some mean guy busted one of my, uh, busted one of my dad's teeth. It was winter. They took him out to see the dentist. His face hurt so much they sent him to, uh, to his bed. No meds, nothing. He was alone in the bedroom. There were so many beds with lockers at the foot of the bed. Suddenly he heard the lock at the end being moved. Then next, 
that wait wait then the next and then the next one by one he saw them moving up and down both on his side and across when it came to his bed he jumped out and ran in his underpants no shoes no clothes he ran outside and since it was winter his whole face swelled up uh till the day he died he told us he could not explain what did that to all the locks in this barracks but it scared him something awful he was the only one in the barracks and all the locks were being jiggled wow Wow, wow. Here's one last one. And then maybe we can get... There's very few that I left out here, but you can all go read these on the forum and add your own and ask questions and comments. This one's from Crestmont Bear. Hi, Frank. The following story I'm about to share is verifiable true. My four brothers and I saw a being in the woods, and it was one of the most magnificent, magnificent things I've ever seen. Allow me to paint a picture. Our dad and five of us were visiting our grandfather's property in Northern California. We went there regularly. It was about 80 acres, and we used it for all kinds of things, all kinds of fun. We had motorcycles and buggies, etc., that were stored in four semi-truck trailers. Two of the trailers were parked parallel to each other near the main entrance of the property. Their rear doors facing the main gravel road. The other two were silver and about 40 feet away. Parked perpendicular to the first set of trailers and parallel to each other. Between the silver trailers and the main road was my dad's camping trailer. Permanently stationed in a group of about three to four trees. This area is maybe 500 square feet if you go further down the main road, about 200 square feet. Okay, so we got the setting. One evening, the sun went down and we all went to bed. I don't know who, what time this had happened as it was uh, pre-cell phone days. At some point in time, my brother Mike alerted us that there was something suspicious by our dad's camper. We all peered out the window, the rear window, to see what he was talking about. And wouldn't you know it, standing in that group of trees, maybe 30 feet behind my dad's camper, was this being. It stood about 6 feet tall and glowed a magnificent bright white with a bluish tint in it. It did not radiate light like a light bulb would. It was almost as if the being was made of light. Imagine the brightness of a 6K LED light bulb, except it didn't radiate out to its surroundings. That's interesting. That's very interesting. However, it was shining a light onto the broad side of the parked silver trailer, almost like a flashlight. But get this, the light it projecting, it was projecting onto the trailer looked like flames. It was the same color as the being, maybe a little bit duller, but moved and acted like fire. So we were all sitting there in utter disbelief at what the hell we were looking at. And then bam, without notice, the being was immediately behind our trailer looking at us. I couldn't tell you how close, but I would imagine it was about 20 feet away. It's difficult to tell seeing as uh, it's, it's difficult to tell seeing as to how I was mesmerized by this bright bluish white being staring at us. I can't detail its face. It had an outline that looked humanoid, but it was wearing what I would describe as a hooded cloak. In the depths of its cloak, around what I imagine was the being's chin and neck, the blue became darker, giving outline to its face. That sounds like Dr. Manhattan. I could not see eyes or nose, just a vague outline. The cloak and the being were the same color, with the exceptions of his darker blue and sometimes other deeper blue. Uh, features of the face giving away to some of its shape 
We stared at each other for an unknown amount of time, and here's the thing. It was peaceful. It was a peaceful and harmless feeling as you could have ever imagined. I was maybe 11 when this happened, and I felt zero fear. I was almost... It was almost a form of comfort. Now, the being, just as it had arrived to our trailer, went back to my dad's trailer and resumed shining its fiery light onto the broadside of the silver trailer. The being then returned to us again. It went back and forth between our trailers about four or five, three or four times. Each event exactly the same. It moved through space at a blink of an eye. How much time passed during this event, I have no idea. I couldn't, it couldn't, it could have been minutes or hours. I was in a state of curious shock. I do not remember how the being even left. I don't remember if it disappeared or I stopped watching it. I can't imagine the latter, but I do not recall. The next morning, my brothers and I are all discussing whether we should tell our dad what happened. Our dad could be a bit of a dick, and there's no telling what kind of response a story like this would elicit. So a little later that morning, we all gathered our breakfast table at the breakfast table. We decided we wouldn't mention it to our father. As dad was cooking up some eggs and sausage, he said, which one of you was playing with a flashlight last night? My stomach dropped. Everything as I remembered had happened. My brothers and I all looked at each other and with an unspoken yes, we told him what happened. Uh, it was, uh, it turns out that when the being would travel over us. It was at the same time my dad would sit up and look to see who was playing with the flashlight. He said he sat up to look out of his window a few times, and he thought uh, he thought we were miss messing with him. We spoke about it for the rest of the weekend. The grand finale of this amazing story, the town our property was located on, is called Angel's Camp. Angel's Camp. I hope everyone enjoyed. I've shared this story with very few people. That's from Crestmont Bear. And that was left yesterday. That was last edited yesterday. So this was a late uh, a late addition to this thread. Wonderful thread we have going here. But it's time to end. Wow. It's time to end. And we'll see what we can fit in some of the time. You know, I have to go a little over time because I have to show you one thing. Since it's still October, and I wasn't able to do this on Saturday. A little show and tell for you. I'm bringing you back to October 26th, 1996. And I'm going to show you at my, my father's hol uh, Halloween party. At my grandmother's house. I've showed you this, this house many times as it was decorated for Christmas. Well, it's decorated for Halloween now. And there's a Halloween party. It also happened to be the night that the Yankees won the World Series. Their first World Series since 1978. And it's me, you're going to hear my mother screaming bloody murder like somebody was stabbing her. And my cousins Jeff and my brother and all my cousins Marie and, and Scotty and everybody's throwing, my uncle Rob, my cousin Amanda, everybody's throwing children in the air and screaming. Um, and then i got to show you something else that happened just moments later. So this is uh, just part of, this just, just part of the, the, the beauty of the whole thing. At the Halloween party in 1996. One more strike to go. My, my cousin Marie can't even watch. She's just just too too caught up. You saw Charlie Hayes. He's getting ready to to, to take it home. It's up.
But now he, now he goes downstairs to comparatively a really boring party compared to what we were doing upstairs. Oh my God, you've never seen a New Year's Eve like that before. You can't believe what's going on up there. <laughs> So now he, he goes back upstairs and we're all, you know, we're just enjoying this. Now, uh, a little while later, we're still all just buzzing. Okay? We are buzzing. I have to go to the 30-minute 30 the 30-minute and 10-second mark. Where the hell is it? There, here you go. So oh, now, that looks great. That's what I like. Oh, now, 30, <laughs> now, now I'm going to tell you. Now he's outside with a friend of his and uh, this on the front lawn we have a uh, park bench set up with all the other directions, uh, uh, decorations. He's going to sit down. He's going to do his little shtick about, you know, welcome to my villa in Transylvania. Inside the living room, it's still me, my brother, all of our cousins and stuff. My cousin Jeff, he calls everybody's attention. We're all just coming down from this. And he goes, well, there's only one last thing to say. And we're like, what's that? And, and he just lets out this blood-curdling scream. Like, he's just letting it all out. He's just, it, just, that's it. He just, he's completely satisfied. Blood-curdling scream. And that was always a wonderful, we thought that was hilarious. Then we go and we watch this tape after it was, it was uh, recorded. Like, the, the next week, we go back to watch all the footage of this stuff. And watch the synchronicity, how this synchronizes Watch what happens and listen what happens when my father says, Welcome to my villa here in Transylvania. Through there. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Welcome to my villa here in Transylvania. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> That's my dear sister. See? That, that, they, the, the timing could not have been more perfect. That was my cousin Jeff saying, well, there's only one last thing left to say after the Yankees won the World Series. <laughs> Blood-curdling scream. And it was at the right time when he was welcome. You would think that it was coordinated. It wasn't. It wasn't. And um, I'm so happy I have so much of this stuff on, on tape for... For whatever. That's all I have for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I thank you for the time and the, the company. Robert Phoenix. Uh, let me thank everybody here. Big Bats in the Super Chat says, have to agree. Uh, it's a toss-up for me between The Exorcist and Evil Dead. But the most absolutely scariest movie I've ever seen was Joe Biden's uh, inaugural address. You're right. That was actually a weird, strange day. A very strange day. And for everybody over there on Foxhole, do not move an inch. I'm releasing the scratching right now, and we have wonderful movies and everything going. I'll be in the chat room with you before you know it. So that's that. Happy Halloween. We'll see you tomorrow. It's All Saints Day. All right? Nighty night. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did I set myself up right here? No, I didn't. Now I did. Oh, you know what? Let me include a little something. A little scary something for you. There you go. That should get me banned from YouTube. Be right back tomorrow. I'll catch you on the flip side.
quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now our super chatter, starting with Big Bats, Stostube, Hello Kitty, Shake and Bake, and Shotzi. Thank you to everybody on Rumble and Rockfin and DLive and Twitch and YouTube. Oh, there's just so many of you. And, of course, Foxhole and Theta. I will see you guys before you know it. Get to QuiteFrankly.tv, enjoy your evening, and become a monthly sponsor. Love you all.